You are listening to episode number 42 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Mellencon from Debacle Records. And each week we pick a Rancid or Rancid adjacent slash related song and talk about it and all our complicated feelings around Rancid. Okay, today is my pick and... I didn't even really think about this until Sam said it to me five minutes before we started this. It's kind of like a classic Rancid song, actually. Um, I don't really think about it as one, but you're right. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's the opening track on And Out Come the Wolves, Maxwell Murder. So yeah, came out in 95, and out come the wolves, songwriting credits, Tim, Matt, and Lars, all yada, 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 you know, the drill here, because we've talked about this album a bunch. Um, it's real. It's like, what, a minute and 10, minute 20? Yeah, I mean, that was a big thing, remembering, coming back to it, is like, this is basically an intro track. It's it's about it is 30 more seconds longer. I, I was trying to compare it to the actual intro track to Life Won't Wait, and it's like... right. It's basically well, what the, f- the intro track. <laughs> right, and the first 10 seconds, or, or however many seconds, is just that, like... Oh, the drone. Yeah, you know, which... So, it's, yeah, it's a tiny little... It's an intro I w- track. I always it's wanted an, to know what that drone was. Like, do you have any sense? I did, no, I don't. I always kind of wondered that, too, because it's funny when I think about, you know, where my music interests went after Rancid. I was like, oh, man, this little sound yeah. <laughs> really fits into that. Um, it's interesting because it's got kind of an airy quality. Like it does sound like mm-hmm. like it's an actual like mic out a window of like a alleyway or something. Like it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound synthesized too much to me. No. Or like it's a it, it has an acoustic quality to it that um, it's the music concrete side. Exactly, it's Rancid. a little bit of music concrete. <laughs> and you know, yeah, yeah, they were the met their most wacky. I think on this album with a few other things they do, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it kind of had a, I mean, that that's the vibe I always got was it kind of had like, you know, that thing of like pre-rush hour downtown alleyway, <laughs> you know, it was kind of what the, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of this, yeah, pre-rush hour or like even, I don't know, it's like, yeah, there's this sort of like abandoned, yeah, docker, desolation yeah, yeah. vibe, yeah, and, which, you know, I think it's just one of, it, well, they who knows how much they thought about it, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's for me when, when I think of albums that do that kind of thing, it's like, okay, we're now like your reality is shifting and we're, you're coming into this world of this album. And it was very nineties, you know, it was very like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of playing around with that structure was more like, Oh, conceptual. And then, you know, less hack at the time. I felt like, (laughs) Yeah, there was I. There was one song we did a long time ago, and I don't because you you it had something like this in or something, and I remember you compared it to the Breeders. Oh um, yeah, which one is that? It does have the I, same thing. Um, 
Yeah, it was on this album. It was. Was it one of the first episodes we did? Yeah, there is something. Yeah, yeah. What is that song? I don't even remember. But it does. Oh no, it's um, it's nihilism. Does the exact same thing because it has the it has the big slide and the and that's funny. The it's a it's a starting track. Yeah, it's a very like nineties early, and the breeders song is not the first song, is it? Cannibal. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's the first one. It's like the fourth song. But anyways. It was a thing, it, you know, it was very, like, mixed by Andy Wallace sort of album thing. <laughs> Jerry Finn and Andy Wallace sort of right. tune is sort of these these interstitials to sort of, yeah, like you said, create a, it felt like kind of a new technique, even though it's definitely not new, but, like, doing it in alti-punk world felt new in my mind. You know, um, the sort of the 80s revolution of, like, post-hardcore American Underground felt like, oh, I can do these it's cheap and yeah. easy to do these psychedelic effects. You know, even if your song is going to be this pop punk song, you can kind of put a little bit more uh, soundscapey stuff into it. So, um, yeah, I, I actually do think it's an underrated, like in, underratedly important part of this album and this song that it right. does start with this, like worrying kind of AC yeah. unit down the street, the sort of sound, you know? It's very, yeah, I mean, it's for, you know, it's there for all 10 seconds or whatever, but it, it is very bleak. It is. And and it kind of, and and it weirdly does set, yeah, it just kind of sets the tone. Especially for how much it comes out and punches you with the song, you know what I mean? like Right, right, because it's, yeah, I mean, it's, and that's, you know, that's where the difference between like that and the beginning of nihilism is nihilism does that and then it really slowly brings you, because it's, you know, the beginning of nihilism is coming you you know it's, yeah 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 um whereas this is like okay sledgehammer to the face <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um so i don't know i don't know what any of that means but it's i think it's interesting an interesting choice um but yeah this song i mean you know it's a song that goes 100 miles an hour that's about a drug dealer and basically to me sounds like an ex- it seems like an excuse to let matt have a bass solo yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely summed it up right there. But like, it, <laughs> all right, good episode, okay. guys. <laughs> cool. It is. It, it. I. I will say, I feel woefully under, not prepared as much as like just under um, equipped to talk about this yeah. song because I am not like a a musician. I wasn't a bass player. I you know I never have been. But like, this is a really emblematic album if like or song on this album of like it's why certain people like rancid you know they like oh matt like he's bringing this musicality that that other bands don't have um it's it's become a meme it's become both a joke and a like why you know like it's it's right. for the and tryhards like touchstone yeah touchstone yeah. yeah that's a great tone term for it and it's and it's it's so like important in both a jokey way and a serious way of like why people right. kind of got hooked on on rancid and at the time, it was like, oh, my God, this bass. I remember uh, my girlfriend in high school's dad stopped in the middle of this being played. And it's like, this is definitely not his style. He was way more like the guy teaching me about, you know, and Fripp and all these people, you know. And, like, uh, you know, and he just being like, this this bass is really losing his fucking mind, huh? You know, like, and just, like, being like, <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? He's like, he's really working a little too hard. And, you know, and being like, and I was like, yeah, isn't it cool, you know? And it, it, you know, it does kind of abide by the idea of like more notes is cool, you know, but it, it, that sort of virtuosity that this whole song is kind of built around because 
the whole song is kind of built around this. It's, you know, yes, there's a solo, but like the sharp staccato aggressiveness right. of, of the Matt baseline is like really here in this song, you know, the sort of leadiness of, of, of Matt's baseline is throughout the whole song. Like, yeah, I do think it was like, wow, we have this great basis. We should let him just go. Right. Let's just do it. <laughs> let's just right. do it. Um, and, and let's start with that. There was, there is some, there is some point there, I think. And they were just like, let's, you know, he's been doing this probably live on, on some tracks from let's go. Uh-huh. Let's just really let him go. And, and, but it, the funniest thing in the world is that they're like, we don't really need to like turn it into a song. <laughs> like right. we, don't, we don't really need an A B A B C A B. you know, like, like we can just kind of, you know, write a little bit of an anthem around it and then just go. And, it's still a you know a ripper of a track and it's great but like uh, when i talk about being underserved it's also like the most like i think we could go really deep into how it's one of the more misunderstood lyrically tracks like i know i've gone through different periods of thinking it's about different things even though i know they're on record saying yeah, it's about a drug dealer and right. yes it's a british drug dealer but it's it's a drug dealer right yeah because it's it seemed very <laughs> Brit obsessed at the time, especially Lars' songs, right? Um, uh, uh, that's where the dial nine nine nine. You know, that's that's the British nine. I mean, he moment. did he did come from UK subs, so you know. <laughs> so he's basically British, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, and and I love that like he ain't Jack the Ripper. He's just your ordinary cook. Well, like that. it's such a British thing, you know. Like that's know. all he's got. That's all he's got. You know, like well, well, and it's like name one. Famous British criminal. criminal yeah, like <laughs> oh, who is that? That's the only one. Yeah, that is. Jack the Ripper. That's yeah. you know nine nine nine. But like you know, all these people are like, oh Maxwell, Maxwell British, like Silver Hammer, Beatles, and then there's also like this sort of tone of like, uh, to call the police if you really want the truth. As like all these like interesting like layers of like, is it actually about some other conspiracies of like stuff and. You know, and it's just like, uh, no, he just, you know, he's a drug dealer that (laughs) cuts things and he kills people because, you know, he, you know, cuts things poorly and overdoses people and, and he's, he's not really some magical, but it also has a feeling of, um, I, I'm pretty sure I spent my younger years thinking this was a, um, hitman song i did too i think that was my when that was my original read on it is that it felt like a hitman song and, and i don't know if that's because i jacked the ripper part like also like down and then like it's like yeah. you're calling him calling the maxwell murder for you like calling this person named maxwell oh, murder yeah if right. you can't oh, see yeah. it through down and then if you can't yeah. see it through like and not knowing, I don't. I don't think at the time I knew nine 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 was right. The, like the British nine one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like um, I just thought it sounded. Cool. I was like, oh, okay, it's like some. It's like thing. a por- portion of a phone number, I guess. You know, like what? Yeah, like yeah. I. I don't think I thought too deeply about it, but I do think I was always like, oh, this is some like kind of glorifying some kind of in in purgatory. You know, also that's right. such a '90s thing, like movie after movie was about like sort of this like 
gray area hitman sad person like i just felt like that was the (laughs) 80s and the 90s like like cool movies you know and you know 80 90 percent of which are god awful you know in in truth (laughs) you know looking back at it and it's like it was really a thing, you know, and it's really like a no, white guy a coming thing. straight out of college thinking he's going to yes. make a cool movie, basically. And, you know, talented directors even, but it's like it was the topic of the time, you know, and and yep. and kind of coming. It's like, what what can you do past the 70s guys? You know, like, well, let's make a Hitman movie, you know. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, this. Yeah, I think this definitely. And it it has the just the song in general, like it has the vibe of a lot of those movies, in yeah. a way. Just the, and it's uh, and, and in some ways that makes it when I you know think it makes it feel very dated, um, as a song. But it just like associating with that. But obviously, it's not about that. So never, you know, I don't know. It's but uh, like it, it's, it's like it's, one of those things. Like it's almost like in the nineties, it was about that to me. And now right it's because about of everything else. going yeah, around. So yeah. it's like it's that weird <laughs> thing of like context yeah. and what you thought it was about means it was about that in a weird way like yeah well and, you know that's always one of those kind of interesting things too where because I, I see i see songwriters talk about this all the time and it's I, like i don't all my music's instrument well most 99 percent of it is but you know where and people talk about how like they don't want to talk about the meaning of their songs because it doesn't really necessarily matter what they meant yeah. when they wrote it and what and i think there's a lot of i i i'm totally like that's i agree with that like i think that's you know but those are also generally more (laughs) personal this is like a song about it It, there's a (laughs) subject and an action and like yeah a name and like yeah exactly um but at the same time it's like hey if it wants to be about a hitman fuck am i okay but you know but he's obviously not a hitman it shopped the rock before he bought it sickness maxwell knows who caught it i mean like like if i if i had really stopped and heard that sentence i'd be like oh it's a drug dealer you know like and i think yeah. he's on record you know saying because lars loves to say like a two sentence thing at a live show and say, here's a song like, about a drug dealer yeah, yeah, exactly and i think that's yeah. been multiple times i've seen that and so anyways i yeah it is just like this really fast you know kind of this classic it is not up there with i don't think this would be it, i mean the the dial 999 hook is really good i will say it's like really good yep. like they did pair one of their best hooks with the fact that it comes out of nowhere and has this insane bass line throughout the whole song and then of course the solo which we'll talk about but like um uh it <laughs> i wonder if it didn't have the solo like i don't know how you would pull this out of it but like even if it was just the song like i guess it, in a lot of ways that structure of like half a song a really ripping bass line and sort of a half tough song writing. That's kind of 2000. You know, I was going to say kinda... that that's exactly what I was going to say. This is like proto 2000. It really is. Like, <laughs> it kind of doesn't have the, maybe the sort of edge. The grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The grit. Um, but I no, I mean, whenever it's <laughs> one of the first things I thought was like, this is like half an idea that they turn into a song and it somehow kind of works. Yeah, and it's like then they did that over a whole album basically, but to a much greater effect. 
Yeah. But it's it's sort of this is was the testing of the waters or something. It or, is. Or, I, you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's interesting because like that's not an idea I came into this having, but like saying that out loud, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is yeah. like kind of a proto. Yeah, they would do that over and over and over and kind of do figure out a way to do that in a way that it didn't feel cheap or stupid, you know, but like right. I do wonder like without the bass solo, without it being the first track, without the drone at the beginning, without it being, you know, Lars at the height of him being able to kind of, you know, do that oh, edge yeah. that's kind of poppy, you know, like he still has the poppy edge to his, you yep. know, singing before the, you know, the just gargling marbles, before you t- know. <laughs> yeah. This is like one of, yeah, one of the yeah, classic yeah. Tim just like, <laughs> Yeah. Like but you know, just in general, all of them got more rough by the time you got to two thousand. Well, and it's like he's just so Except for, he, except for you know the funny thing is by two thousand two thousand, like Tim sounds rough, but if we've talked about it, he it's one of the more like he clearly makes he enunciates a lot to, more yeah, in right, that one, yeah. Right. But even so, like Lars on the, on that, like if you think about Loki and Dead Bodies, he's like oh, yeah, up yeah. and he's screaming, he's yeah, screeching. Yeah. And this one is like he's got that great punk rock vocal, that almost yep. like poppy punk rock vocal that he has. Um, you know, this is it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like no, this yeah. is this is like this is great, and it's kind of an alchemy that's uh, I don't know. It's another one of those times where you're like, God, how accidental is this band? You know what I mean? Like. Like, it's right. like, it's so thought out, but it's also so, like, who, you know, of course, it seems like the more you investigate the band, you're like, man, it's so lucky this all came together and it works so well as a, like, <laughs> intro track. And, you know, um, and we all loved this solo and didn't think it was, like, you know, I think yeah, if I heard I'm- this today, I'd be like, wow, this is really wanky and, like, kind of. It's like, you know, like, bass solo? Matt's version of bass who solos are, are also just, like, going up and down and there's a little bit of interesting harmonics i do remember i watched i was trying to find it again i'll try to find it and put in the show notes for the first time like actually link some shit in the show notes but (laughs) um or put up on instagram or something a guy on tiktok who reviewed it was like a really intense like matthew rocky fusion jazz guy um was like saying hey send me weird like i was too cool for school when i was a kid so like i don't Uh know weird pop punk bass lines you know like he's like there's a lot of weird pop punk bass lines that like are are hidden gems you know and somebody was like uh well obviously maxwell murney he's like oh i never heard this and he's like wow this thing's nuts and he was kind of deconstructing why it was interesting and he's like a lot of this is just he plays a lot of notes but he was talking about like on some of those runs there's some pretty interesting harmonic tricks he's doing you know to make some kind of stuff that's a little more should be a little more dissonant than it it comes across as being and then of right. course there's like the thing that everybody kind of hooks onto is there's that like it's not arpeggiated but it just kind of runs down that line that you know like that like just right. like yeah, when yeah, it kind of yeah. slides back into the song you know like after doing this you know and then it goes right. you know and it's just like and you go back into that 999 like chat and it's just like it is really fun but it's also like it isn't like like Matt kind of has one or two modes like it isn't like he's such a like self-taught bassist you know what I mean like it isn't like he's got like all these weird timings or it's just he right. he has interesting ways of interspersing interesting notes I think he does more with harmony and 
and melody than he does with timing. You know what I mean? He isn't like doing some wild, you know, like right. dropping things or anything. Like he's more like, I'm going to add weird notes to that kind of fit and it creates an interesting texture. I don't think, again, not a good musician, don't really understand theory. This is after years of kind of brute forcing music and loving music, but not being good at it. So like, could be very wrong. But my my theory with Matt is what makes him interesting and sound interesting is that he makes kind of some interesting harmonic choices and stuffs a lot more into a song and can play fast, of course. But it isn't like he has a lot of tricks in his bags. It's just that he's really good at the four tricks he has. it's all context right i mean it's like if he was in a free jazz band or something yeah or like or you know some something you know i don't know it's one thing but to yeah i mean i totally like i agree with you and it's i think the context of the fact that he's doing it in a punk band and a very poppy punk kind of like gonna yeah kind of band and 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 with two guys that are way more built for doing three note solos and rhythm guitar you know like they're much more that sort of band and so giving Mm -hmm. it gives him this room to kind of explore the melody a little bit more and sort of like he does a lot of underpinning songs and he just does the rhythm section thing but they kind of leave him space to kind of do a little bit more and then there's these songs of course where like he's really driving the whole song but like like it's it I, I think it's like, oh, it's so flashy and crazy that he goes, blah, 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 blah. but like, I I think to anybody, it's like, okay, cool. But it's not even like he was doing anything. I don't know if he was doing anything actually all that amazing other than playing fast and a lot of notes. And there's a big difference between playing fast and a lot of notes and doing something interesting harmonically, doing something interesting melodically, doing something interesting rhythmically. You know, like yeah, I mean, those are different things. Playing a a scale really fast is different than like actually throwing something like, "Ooh, that's interesting." And I do think there's a couple interesting things he does in this. This is one of the times where where you hear a couple of those those like high harmonics are kind of like, "Oh, that's kind of when he goes bam, 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 bam," and then when he goes does that fun little like kind of classic walk down the bass to get back into the the chorus those are just very compelling so you're like oh that must be novel because if my brain's going ooh, there's -hmm. something there you know what i mean like like your brain is better at music theory than you are because the math of the way the harmonics hit your ear you just your brain goes uh and and grabs onto things and so if you're ever like even if you're not a music musical person like me it's like usually when you perk up and go huh it's because somebody's doing something interesting you know the math is working out in such yeah. a way that you're like going, oh, this is interesting. I like this, you know. Um, <laughs> right. But I wonder how yeah. much, like, where is, where's that wall? And that's why I, 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 this is one that I'd love to like return to with somebody who's like a real shredder, you know, who like thought this was a really cool song when they were 15, you know, and and has it like. And then the more they learn, they're like, oh, fuck. Or or the reverse, they come back to it and they like they thought Maybe. it was dumb, and then they came back to it and they like it. I, I I would love to hear. Yeah, I don't know any yeah. of that. You know, we we know some people. I'm sure we, we know reach- some people who had that that arc with this damn song. You know, I know that's what I was trying to think of. Like who who do I know that is 
really mute, you know, technically <laughs> like, uh, you know, I was thinking Jeff Tobias, but he was talking yeah. about how really the only album he gave a shit about was Life Won't Wait. So he probably, <laughs> yeah, he missed um, it because he was all like Life Won't Wait only, right? Pretty much. Yeah. We should see what he huh. thinks about it now. Yeah, or I'm trying to think, like, who do I know It's like, a bass player who's, like, a really good bass player? Oh, you know who'd be really interesting to hear what they, their take on this song would be is Riley Walker. Yeah, Riley, I know he he's made a couple jokes about it. And I think it has, like, he's a good example of yeah. that, that it has reached that meme. Like, he's not the first person to talk about it, like, as a, almost a right. bassist stairway to heaven level. Like, it's a thing you learn. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's a it's a... Like, the legacy of the song is that you go on YouTube and it's 5,000 people trying to play it. Play the bass you know? solo. Yeah. And play yeah. the bass solo. I mean, and, yeah. and tabs and tabs and tabs have been written about it. And people have tried to interpret a couple different songs. And, like, people say you can't play it on anything but a P-Bass. And, like, like there's just... It, it has reached that level of ironic detachment and, like, just, uh, like, it's saturation, right? Like... And there's very yeah, few times in, the, in in any band's life where a song or a solo has gets to that point, and very much less a punk rocky pop punk song from the '90s, right? Like that's just not right. a thing that usually happens. And so, um, I'd be very, you know, like it's hard to sum this I mean, up for people, you and know, and like well, it, yeah, well, and you know, and when you think about all those things, though, and it, it's. Cause, so I'm like when this first came out when I first heard it. So I, I this is like my story that goes along. So, so I was like, what? So this was what ninety five. So I'd have been sixteen. That's yeah, that mm-hmm. tracks. And that summer before this came out, it was June or July, and this came out in August, I think. Um, I yeah, I don't have that in the show notes. I just put ninety five. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it was August because they always come out in August. Um, but it was before it came out. I went to the bay area like we had like a family mm, yeah, trip this, and, yeah and this was this is when and i had at the time like i had I, had I had a zine back then i think at that i can't remember which one it was back then it was it was, was pre what no yeah i think it was pre-foxy because this would have been 90 i think i started foxy like end of 95 so i think it was right at one before. point we had one called we, yeah what we had one called bunnies which stand after the pansy division song mm-hmm um, and then I had another one called Chocolate Heart that was like, like I interviewed Maggie Vale in it when I was like 15 and I think she was like 18 and was the mail order person yeah. at Kill Rock Stars. This was like before she was, you know, the head of it for whatever. For anyway, anyway, anyway. So like I knew I had some friends out there like through that I'd met online through mm-hmm. different through punk chat. And so like I went to I can't remember what the show was. Um, but went to the show and we were hanging out and met some of the people who worked at were like high up at Lookout. And we were hanging out and they're like, they took us back to the Lookout office and they had like an advanced CD of this. And, <laughs> and somehow, like, part of the conversation we had was talking about, like, oh yeah, I, I, Rancid's awesome, you know. And they're like, oh, you're Rancid, fan, you could hear this. And they, the, the only song that they, well, they may have played a couple of songs. The only thing I remember, because they, the whole, like, the conversation around it was, there's a bass solo. It was like, what? Fucking bass solo? Like, what are they, fucking Primus? What the fuck? 
<laughs> and so, and then I remember, so they played it, and it was just like, oh my god, it's fucking crazy, holy shit, you know. And I, so, because of that experience, especially as like a 16-year-old who's like from Oklahoma, who's like, oh my god, I'm fucking hanging out with people like who put out all the, you know, amazing records that I'm obsessed with, and like, they, yeah. That, it, it, it like elevated it for a while for me. It was like, oh, well, this song, because it's so tied to that experience. It's like, this song is the best fucking. And then as I got older, I was like, yeah, it's, it felt like kind of like a novelty and it mm-hmm. felt kind of like a. Um, but then, you know, so bringing this to now and how you're talking about how it's sort of become this meme and this, it's like this, reach this viral weird stat it's like well in hindsight it was fucking genius to put this bass solo song at the beginning of your record that was that you knew was going to be huge and i mean i don't think they had that that was anywhere close you know to the intention but it's just kind of i don't know i do think we're ahead of their time man i do think it was like an awareness that they would be something that made them unique and people would notice Matt and like they would notice that they are different than the offspring they're different than Green Day they're different than all these things that were having the bidding wars and like and going like because I think that's a thing that people thought about Green Day like wow they have a really good basis you know what I mean like they I was gonna say I I was thinking that like yeah Mike Durant was the other like punk rock bassist who could do interesting interesting kind of more jazzy runs and things like that and right (laughs) And, and, you know, played slower, but played with a lot of feel and people really noticed yeah. them because, and they're a trio. So like a lot of it, the sound has to come from the bass, right? Like, and so, right, right. like, yeah, I think going like, Hey, what makes us unique? Lars vocals are really great. And we play with a lot of passion and, you know, like it, it seems like, again, one of the, the things you can't deny about Rancid is sequencing matters. And what song they put first, what song they put last, how they sequence little movements in their records seems to matter. At least that's our yeah. perception, maybe our nerdy right. fanboy perception, but it's, it, I think it matters. Yeah. Um, I think it does. That stuff, you kind of go, well, we have this insane solo. Matt's so good. Let's put this front and center so people go, what the fuck was that? And then you go into one of, like, obviously we love the song. 11th Hour is one of the best, like, kind of just clash rock and yeah. pop songs ever. And it's like, uh, it, what a great way to just like blow people's hair back and then go. And again, I think we're, I would love to have somebody on as like a follow up to this, you know, that just can talk a lot about um, the musicality of this or the, or, or the right. cheesiness of this. Like I want, I want kind of, I want multiple, you know, I do think there's like a chance that some of the bigger songs will come back when there's guests, you know, and we'll, we'll reexamine a song here and there. And I think this is the mm-hmm. one that I, I wouldn't mind doing one or two versions of, you know, because I think right. it's a little underserved. And it's also one of those ones that probably sticks in a lot of people's heads and they have different feelings about, like, where it's like, oh, that's when I, like, hated them because they were too proggy. Or, like, that's when I liked them because they were, like, tried to be proggy or right. whatever, you know. <laughs> like, they were so proggy. Because I was yeah. a band kid and, like, the, they're trying to be, you know. Blah. The other thing I, I think is fucking hilarious is this sort of virtuosity like there's a version where it's like kind of cheesy to a, almost a hilarious level and so there was a you know there's that show in japan maybe that's like very well documented on youtube um uh-huh. I, I know you've seen it because i think you commented on it where he comes out and they play maxwell murder and he plays a solo that's oh, like yeah. five minutes long right and it's 
so it's kind of more out and there's parts of me that are like oh good you know this is like way more wacky and out and um but it's again he only <laughs> goes so far like matt is a certain type of yeah. basis like he's not suddenly you know like he's not square pusher all of a second and you know what I mean? right. like it's not like right. it's not it's not suddenly in these weird forms you know like and so stretching out the bass solo the brevity helps on this like the fact that it flies by and you're like what yes. the fuck was that and so he plays this like five minute version and they're celebrating him and i think it was like near his birthday and like all these things that i think it was a, an anniversary of the record and, and yeah okay in that moment probably at that show it felt so cool to see him do a really right. extended version sure but it's preserved on youtube this is the problem with the preservation right. of everything yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and yeah. it's, like, it's like it's not a thing that needed to be exist beyond that night it wouldn't be hard to make a video essay of this being like the reason preserving everything is so gross right. where I just keep yeah. like re slowing it down and cutting back to it and just being like, this is gross. You know what I mean? Like, like, like right. there's a grossness to, to that, that, um, that scene that just makes me go, Ooh, you know? And like, this is why the moments versus videoing everything is kind of bad. And uh, it, yeah. I'll, I'll try to link that too if I can remember. But like, it uh, it adds to. The, I just feel like this song is so much bigger than this song. Like it will just never end. You know what I mean? Like just people will be mm-hmm. trying to expand. You know, play with. He will trying to be living up. I have the pressure to j- do something with this as his hands get older and less oh, deaf. God, like be, yeah. Like he kind of set himself up for this, and it's just like, oh, man, like the. This poor guy, yeah. like, like, it just must be so weird. It's like, I would, I would, this is one of those ones where it's like, I hope as he goes, like, he's actually playing, like, fewer notes and it's a faster solo. And right. it'd be like, like, and, it, and he's just trying to, like, kill people with, like, precision and, like, like, the way he right. went on that is just, like, oh, you don't need to impress me that you can go more. This is almost like I want right. to see what you... You know, you see that over time with a lot of players. Like edit, when they get older, they now. like edit That's themselves it. and they go, "Here's four yeah. notes that are going to blow your hair back, not 27 notes that are going to blow your hair back." You know, right. and so yeah. I, I, I wonder if we're going to finally hit that with Matt. But, um, but yeah, a cool pick. But again, I feel so under. <laughs> it's just like such know, a big, like, like half the ranted jokes and memes are around this song. It's like it's hard to sum this up in a 30 minute episode. You know. But. Yeah, well, and then, yeah, the musicality of it, that just feels about my pay grade. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, there we go. Okay. Um, what's what what's next week? What's your pick? My pick. Uh, we'll go kind of stay in this era, go with another kind of just if you're if you're a meat and potatoes, let's go and out come the wolves sort of person. Something we have not dipped back into in a little while. Let's just do a great, uh, let's go classic. Let's do international cover-up. Oh, okay. I almost picked a let's go track for instead of this for this week. but Because, um, yeah, I was like, man, I'm talking about let's go. And as I've spent time with some of the later albums, let's go has moved back up a little bit in my estimation. So. It's just, it's a really um, fun, easy listen. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it is. It's just 
It's hard to do a lot of them in a row because they're all so right. They bleed together. Similar. It's just like a sim- yeah. it's like one album of the same song sometimes, you know. And it yeah, yeah it's kind of like the problem with the first album where it's like maybe it's not, but it sure feels like it because of the way the production works. So right, yeah. But uh, cool. this one's all a fun right, one. So, yeah. yeah, it's a big yeah. Album. No, it's a really fun one. Yeah. So. Um. All right. Cool. Uh. Yeah. And if anybody out there who is like super musically proficient like let us know your thoughts on the solo and i don't know matt's bass playing i'm curious but i do agree we should do a follow-up on this one with somebody more qualified than us (laughs) um which isn't hard but (laughs) um yeah all right until then as ever you can find us on twitter and on instagram at rancid pod and we will see you back here next week to talk about international cover-up. But until then, we'll see you in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> <laughs>